Hi everybody and welcome to day nine of the Stationary Freaks Advent Calendar. Goodness, we do hope you're uh, seriously enjoying it and we're, we're hopefully distributing a huge amount of value, a little nuggets of information for you. And today we're actually going to talk about a dichotomy that both of us suffer. This kind of desire to be minimalist, you know, to have fewer things for decluttering, for clarity and cleanliness and all the other good stuff that comes with it. Whilst also being a stationary freak, which is in our definition, really somebody that can't walk past a stationery shop without going in and usually buying something. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a hard one, isn't it? So, mm. Helen, what got you interested in minimalism in the first place? Oh, well, I was a... Uh, <laughs> when I was brought up, my mother treated shopping as a recreational sport. So I was very much brought up in that world. Um, and I actually just despaired of the fact that my husband having moved into the new house that he'd been building for me for god knows how long he'd made me a built-in wardrobe and all my stuff did not fit um and yeah and and you know what that's quite a disheartening moment in a girl's life and i looked at that and i thought why is that because i don't ever feel like i've got many clothes so you know you don't ever know what the answer is you just wonder quietly to yourself and i stumbled across uh, a lady called Courtney Carver, who's an American, who set up a, something called Project 333. And the idea is, is you wear 33 things for three months and that's your wardrobe. So you don't include, you know, underwear and workout wear and pyjamas. But, but other than that, one coat, one pair of boots, a couple of pairs of shoes, if that's your thing. But it's about understanding what you use. And I got thought this would be a brilliant idea. So I pulled my entire wardrobe out whilst listening to Marie Kondo's book on on how you need to do minimalism because, uh, you know, she was the woman to go to at the time. I believe she's chilled out a bit since she's had um, kids and got married, to be honest. But doing that, interestingly enough, and I did, I had this wonderfully minimalist wardrobe where everything that I... When I went into the wardrobe, firstly, everything fit, obviously, but it meant that every time I went into my wardrobe, it wasn't difficult. <laughs> I had less choice, which is always easy on the brain, less choice for your brain to make. Everything there fit me. Everything there was stuff I liked. If I didn't like it, it had already gone. And I found that so liberating that I thought, God damn, this is the way I want to live. Nice, nice. Well, I got I got into minimalism uh, after I discovered the minimalists. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have. Yeah, so Joshua Fields, Milburn, and Ryan Nicodemus, um, and there's just something clean and simple that appealed to to it. This sort of like almost like you know focusing on the really yeah. important things in your life, and and that almost translating into almost like a mental clarity that I've you know sometimes struggled with. It's exactly like that, isn't it? That. It, it doesn't is. matter what you've done and you only need to do a small piece and it's like addictive. It is, it is. And that clarity that comes from having, like you, like yourself, I've got a minimalist wardrobe, only a few shirts, a few pairs of uh, trousers, almost kind of like a uniform and um, that suits me really well, which is which is good. I mean, I like that sort of open the door, limited choice, um, yep. but it'd be stuff that I really enjoy. And I think really that is the essence of minimalism. It's not about having nothing it's about having only the things that serve value or spark joy if you're, you yeah, know. Very good, that's right. Exactly. But there's this dichotomy, uh, certainly for me and you, uh, that we almost can't walk past a stationery shop without going in. 
And that's actually what, what started the podcast. That's what we were talking about. How crazy is that? that we kind of, kind of, and even then we were like, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to go in and have a look, but I'm definitely not going to buy anything. And we'll always come back with something. And that dichotomy of like collecting stationery and buying things that maybe spark joy to uh, a condo, but also just having shelves full of stuff that aren't getting used how do you wrangle that dichotomy as a as a sort of practicing minimalist first i should say not well <laughs> because i think that's the i really need to say that up front however i do try very hard so i never buy things on impulse post pandemic now working with you when we've worked at the same place rob mm-hmm. and we've been able to wander down at lunch to time to the nearest paper chase and yeah. you've said I've got to go in here because I need a new notebook. And I said, I'll come in with you. And both of us have gone out with armfuls of stuff. That's a real problem that I have no solution for. <laughs> but, but I guess the pandemic is... Uh, pandemic's is limited that. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I never buy anything um, on the day that I want it. I always wait till the next day and say, do I really need this? What is this? What is uh, that this is going to give me that I haven't got from the 47 other versions of colored pens because i have probably four sets of colored pens in current use you know how much i love my color i have a complete etsy habit now for the whole washi tape and such like which i just love and then like you rob and i'm guessing but i bet you have what at least one shelf of books uh notebooks not yet used notebooks well you know what i think that that essence of minimalism is that you don't you don't buy anything or consume anything that doesn't serve huge value and i think those 350 odd empty notebooks that i have not yet used fall into that category of absolutely essential <laughs> Do you it's, know? That, it's that potential of stationery that we talk about isn't it all those notebooks have a potential to release some value in my life or some joy so yeah that's how i justify that they do. And, and it's worth saying that an empty notebook in its own right does instill joy for me. So yeah. there, it's already adding value just in this, just its mere presence and ownership of. But yes, you're right. Then there's the whole potentiality of what, what value could be added to that notebook and it pressed into service to deliver. Maybe it's going to be that new novel, Rob, or maybe it's going to be the world domination. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's going to be the next uh, business plan to make you know millions. I don't know. That's it. That's it. That potential's there, and I've yet to realise that through the thousands of notebooks that I've got through. But you know that there is that one one notebook somewhere that's going to hold that nugget of uh, freedom for my brain. You know what, I think, you know, we're coming up on time. I'm not sure we're going to actually give any conclusions for our audience on this no. one, are we? other than we are wrangling with this as a as a stationary free camp practicing minimalist. And no doubt you are too, so please let us know uh, about that. But what I will say is uh, we'll leave you with a couple of book recommendations. And this last probably two or three weeks, I have been throwing away a lot of stuff. So... I wonder whether it just takes a while to get into it as a sort of almost like a routine and a habit, do you think? I do. I think uh, if you have some time off over Christmas, post post food, if you celebrate Christmas, but maybe you're just lucky enough to have some time off because your company's giving you time off and there's bank holidays, focus on one cupboard somewhere, pull everything out. I know Murray Kondo says to do that and everybody goes, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Really, really do it. Pull everything out and then decide what you're keeping. You will feel so good for that one exercise um, 
that that you will become addicted to i'm fairly sure yeah i think so that's what i've been doing emptying cupboards or boxes and looking at it and going i haven't used this in a year chuck it yeah um, you know not not for everything i've still got a long way to go a long way to go have you been watching that um sort your life out with stacy solomon no but i've recorded it so i'm gonna binge watch it on christmas the joy of that show is that they take all of your belongings out and stick it in a warehouse and that visualization of just yeah. the sheer number of things that you have, yeah. I think is a super powerful thing. And that's what I've been doing. So emptying boxes of like-minded stuff and cupboards of like-minded stuff and then laying them out and going, do I really need these 35 iPhone cables or whatever it is that we've accumulated? But uh, actually uh, for the podcast, I actually ended up throwing away the connector to my professional microphone because I didn't think I needed it. A little bit of enthusiastic there. Yeah, or maybe. <laughs> so we're going to leave you with a couple of book recommendations or resource recommendations. So Helen, what's yours about minimalism? So mine would be go and have a look at the Courtney Carver. You don't, it's, this is not just a, a female thing. This is males can do this too. Um, that idea of looking at your clothes and deciding what you really need is a really good place to start, I found. Uh, and Project 333, just literally put that into Google. You can follow on with people doing it on Pinterest. You can read her uh, series of blogs on it. And it's a really useful resource. Excellent. And mine is a book called Goodbye Things by a Japanese writer called Fumio Sasaki. Now, he is pretty extreme. So... When you read it and you you know visit his website and various different things, you'll see that he has very, very little. But the history of why he's ended up with very little is what's compelling to me. That mm. sort of mass clutter, drinking too much, partying too much, trying to avoid, I guess, the not the demons in your head, but the things you need to work through in your head and trying to satisfy that with external uh, yeah. materialistic properties. Really, really good. Great book. Really enjoyed that. That's a great book. With that, that's the end of this episode. Have we got um, a challenge? Are we going to challenge people to go and clear out a thing, a place? Yeah, a... I think we said to um, clear out a cupboard and, and yeah. put back only what you think is necessary. I think that sounds like a good challenge. If you're not keen, do a small cupboard. If you're really super keen, do your wardrobe. Or do that drawer that you keep talking about, Helen, that drawer. The one in the kitchen. Random stuff. <laughs> Yeah, although know, that might be a bit tricky, that one, actually, isn't it? Because it is oh, random stuff for a reason. It is. I do it over and over and over again at sort of four-month intervals. <laughs> it's just... Uh, more random stuff appears. All right. With that, join us over on Instagram at Stationary Freaks UK is our handle. Post with the hashtag Stationary Freaks Adven for your chance to win one of those perfect notebooks courtesy of Helen. Yeah. And with that, we shall see you tomorrow in day 10 where we're going to be talking about tracking goals. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.